Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to Unplayable, your favorite <laughs> gaming podcast and content out there. After one episode, we know we've stolen your hearts and your minds and your imaginations. Welcome back. How we doing, people? Doing pretty good. Chilling. Um, been playing games recently, specifically uh, Flesh and Blood. I did a draft on Thursday night. That was really fun. Um other than that, video games and not... Actually, I played a new board game called Earth the other day, which was really cool. It's kind of like Wingspan, but uh, it's, it's just like... Earth? Yeah, it's like you're creating your own... Like, you have a planet and you're kind of like generating like different plants and trying to get animals to come habitat at your planet and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty like, cool. Like an ecosystem or something? Yeah, exactly, cool. exactly. Um, and it's like different fungi and then like... Uh, I don't know if you've played Wingspan before, but like you put eggs on on birds, so the, they're laying eggs or whatever. And on this, you're like stacking things on top of each other to represent like the growth of the plants on the card and stuff like that. It's kind of cool. It's very similar to Wingspan if you played it. Nice. I do need to try Wingspan. I've heard great things. It's a fun the game. concept is weird to me, but I've heard good things about the actual game, which. To, to me, it's like it has to be good because it's a game about birds. So, <laughs> like, how does that succeed if it's not like a, an amazing game? I think that's I think the, the reason why it does. I, I, I think the theme is one reason why it does succeed is because it's like so like unexpected that that would be the type of game that exists around birds as a theme. That like it kind of I, I feel like some of the virality of that game was just sort of like, oh, it's a game about birds, but it's also like this kind of modern take on a Euro game, I feel like. Yeah. And so this is why we have to make the Ted Lasso game right here, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> the Ted Lasso TCG. <laughs> oh, so hear me out. We have birds. Yes. <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> hey, and we got new uh, Ted Lasso episodes coming out weekly right now. We can, like, start making cards live on the show every <laughs> Like we can make a Zava card now from uh, Yeah, this is this is now the Ted Lasso, the TCG, the podcast. <laughs> we had we had more than one comment on our YouTube video saying they would totally buy a Ted Lasso card game. So well, I'm all we'll for it. Chat GPT for design it for us. <laughs> yes. If we could have like um them put like the believe sign that they have on there, like imprinted into a couple of the cards. Like those are like the collector pieces of it. That'd be sweet. Instead of getting a foil card in your pack, you get a believe card. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. This is great. What about the rest of you guys? What else are you playing? Uh, I played a lot of Marvel Snap this week, uh, as usual. Tried tried to to hit infinite, but uh, I'm pretty sure they have my account locked, so I can only hit 85. <laughs> oh no! I, I don't know what's wrong, but what'd you do? Are you cheating again, Mike? <laughs> no, I I just can't win <laughs> yeah that's tough it, i'm and it's skill-based matchmaking i'm assuming so it's like once you get to 85 it's just like you're playing nothing but infinite <laughs> there there there's a yeah the matchmaking is pretty messed up and uh it's it's a weird mix of yeah you're playing people from infinite but you're also playing against a lot of bots and bots oftentimes do really weird things that you don't expect mm. hey, like speaking of oh good well, I was just gonna say, speaking of cheating, do you guys remember when um, Mike was on stream and a cheater was caught playing against Mike and it went yeah. viral across the nation? I remember that. <laughs> you forget. 
<laughs> Michael Cole, oh, biggest cheating time. scandals of all time. <laughs> oh, Vader Saber. Okay. Destiny, man. Those are <laughs> those are the days. Uh, I still can't believe that happened, but yeah, yeah, that was wild. Jim, what, what about you? What, what kind of gaming have you done? I mean, per usual, following the friends, uh, pretty much the uh, the Marvel Snap on the phone, as well as a little Clash Royale, but that's very casual. Uh, I feel like every time I play Marvel Snap, though, I get like the most ridiculous like uh, zones to try to like, play into, and it's always perfectly countered by whatever the opponent. Has. Like perfectly is set up for them. We'll get the one with like the nine power monster, and he's like, "Here's a Shang Chi. Sorry about it." Like every single time. So I mean, I've been hovering in like the forties, just for full honesty. But I'm also running a Sentry deck, like objectively one of the worst cards, just to see if I can make it out. (laughs) And then, uh, yeah, Red Hero Dream with Flesh and Blood as well. So that was a good old time with old D House down here. Mm. What what a great transition. (laughs) <laughs> to my to my game experience yeah the only the only games i played this week were ironically flesh and blood i think of the first flesh and blood games i played in i was trying to remember the last time we played like that i know you played but that i played it was probably almost a year maybe maybe shorter i don't know but um yeah J- jim uh jim got a box of outriders and we uh and we played some sealed outriders <laughs> and outriders. sounds like a cool set Oh, is it Outsiders? Wait, what's the name of the set? Outsiders. It isn't really. I definitely thought it was Outriders. Uh, I can't believe I'm watching this guy. <laughs> this is why I said when we start talking about Flesh and Blood, I'm just going to let you guys take over. But um, we did we did play some Sealed, and I my first game back, I did win. I beat Jim, guys. Um, nice. I, thank you. Let's go. Uh, I should have worn my... Uh, Star Wars Destiny top eight medal today for. Uh, uh, No, it was super fun. Uh, We we did play a second game in which I lost. Um, I had to let Jim get one win on the day, you know, but. um, I appreciated that greatly. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, But it it was, it was fun. Um, So that was good. I think in other gaming news, which we're going to talk about Flesh and Blood again in a minute. And other gaming news, uh, Disney Lorcana released some more previews of cards. Still no rules, but we got cards. Uh, we woke up to a spoiler of how do you say? Is it Cheshire the cat or Cheshire? I don't remember how to actually say it. Well, I think it maybe maybe it depends on where you're from in the world, but I think it's the the Cheshire cat. Cheshire cat. There you go. What's so, he do? Oh, you know, we don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't know. He's it's a three a- cost. He has no power. <laughs> But yep. when he's challenged, he banishes the attacker and himself, or the challenger and himself. Ooh, Which to me so, screams that he's got some pips on him. That- yeah, yeah, he, he's got to be worth either worth killing or not killing or worth challenging. Thank you. With, like on its own, <laughs> because it, it's you know the the icons are so easier. good. Oh. We 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 should have been professional and pulled pulled these up on a professional this this, this podcast. <laughs> Mike, come or on. The other the other possibility is that there are cards and effects that force your opponent to challenge your stuff. All right, like a card, like an instant or a a spell that's like choose two people or choose an enemy to challenge one of yours or whatever or something like that. Mm-hmm. I could see that being a thing. 
Here we go. We're since we're gonna we need to get professional. Okay, here we go. What was the there. other one? Goofy was Goofy the other one. Yeah, there we go. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, there we so, go. So Look here are two uh, her, our two previews from the week, I guess. Yeah, we may have had. I can't remember when Lady Tremaine got dropped. Maybe that was after. I don't I remember. remember but, yeah, we definitely didn't talk about it, but I might have been out when the. Last the one I think one of the most interesting things is like, can you see my uh, my mouse on here? No. Okay, never mind. I can see the. Um, no, no yeah, I, I can, can see it. I can yeah. see it. Like the ring around the number, so like on Lady Tremaine doesn't have the like gold like, around the block, and this does on Goofy. Yeah. I just I'm like I'm I really I want to know what that's about. I'm so yeah, curious. People, people have all kinds of theories, but uh, I, I don't interesting any of that. Yeah. So in in like uh, their other game, that symbol, the like circle symbol, is power, and power is like the resource that you use to play things. Mm. So I don't know what that might indicate here, but if they use similar iconography, then it would be that interesting i'm also now yeah. noticing that the the watch has that cool border on the outside that, like mm-hmm. the gold border i don't know if that's just because it's an item card or because of something else but it looks pretty pretty neat. oh yeah that is cool hmm. is lady tremaine the only one that doesn't have a no there, there's a handful um, there's a couple here's magic there's... mirror doesn't have it hades doesn't have it so interesting um Dragonfire doesn't have it. Yeah, I, th- I yep. think that's it. Yeah, that's just weird, man. Uh, so, but we did see like maybe there's a maybe there's a gamma coming up this month in April. So there's some theories that maybe it'll rules will drop, um, right before at gamma later in April. But they'll probably be doing demos at gamma. So we'll learn if they don't drop the rules, we'll learn how to play from people that played it there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably fair. I can't um, wait until people are talking about how goofy is OP and needs to be nerfed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But other than that, other than Lorcana, um, I'm still curious about Star Wars Shatterpoint from Atomic Mass Games. Still, like a bunch of new demo videos came out from Adepticon. So I've been watching those, trying to get a feel for the gameplay. And then at Adepticon on Sunday after we recorded, they did like a like a presentation for all their games, the so X Wing Armada um, and Legion. And then they they basically kind of previewed the expansions they're going to release in the first year. Um, and there were some like really cool ones. Um, I think the very first one they showed was like the Dathomir pack with like Mother Talzin, Savage Press, and like the Night cool. Sisters. Or not, night sisters. You got a uh, a screen a screen share to to throw up. Gosh, I okay. Um, yes, we were not prepared to be professional today, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a professional podcast it's or not, channel. But in this case, I feel like I need to see what these look like. Yeah, yeah they look I'm, good. They look good. Yeah, here we go. I'm I'm pulling up a random someone else's website. Um, I don't think they've released an article with actual pictures. They're probably all pictures from the slideshow. Mm. I think you're right. Yes. Yeah. So DysonCardboard.com, whoever you are, we're giving you some free promo here. (laughs) Can you see that? Yeah, we can see it. That looks awesome. Yeah. 
Bathomirians. Yeah, which I thought, oh, that's that's neat because we had Mother Talzin in uh, Star Wars Destiny, but I've never seen her featured in any other game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sick. Um, but there's some other cool ones. You've got like Cad Bane and Ara Singh. Nice. Um, Mace Windu. I know you're a big Mace Windu fan, Jay. If I ever play this game, that's who I'm playing. Yeah. Got the queen. Is this, got... is this all focused on? Oh, okay. I guess this answers my question. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all more yeah. focused. <laughs> it's actually kind of a unique setup because, like, you come to the game with like a squad of like, uh, or basically like I forget the terminology, but it's like basically like two squads, and they have to be from the same era. Hmm. Or the the squad itself comes with a primary unit, a secondary unit, and then supporting unit. So like the primary is probably like in this is probably. Or actually, probably like Luke is probably the primary, Leia is probably the secondary, and then you've got um, these supporting units. I'm just guessing at this point, mm-hmm. but they have to come from the same era, so you can't mix and match. But I think of your two, you like units. I think they can be from different eras. But interesting. Um, this one was pretty cool with the Inquisitors. You've got like oh, that's very cool. Yeah, I thought that was like that's a unique little take on some of that. But nice. Um, they look cool. I'll, I'll literally never play this game, and I'll never paint these things. But they they look cool. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's totally fine. <laughs> uh, I just find it really interesting, and I do like minis games sometimes. So. I'll play someone else's if they've got it put together and painted, but That's I'm true. not doing it. There you go. We'll do it at Gen Con. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm done. Um, unless okay, you're well, uh, too too busy grinding games of Lorcana. Yeah. And winning the Key Forge National Championship, duh. Yeah. <laughs> that one's all you. <laughs> all right. You guys want to talk about some flesh and blood? Jim? I think Jim does. <laughs> Take it away. I do. It's been my favorite uh, card game for a while. So I've been uh, deeply enjoying it. Yeah, the new set, uh, not Outriders. I know it's a common misconception, but Outsiders just dropped. And it's been a fun uh, limited format so far. So I've only tried sealed just a couple games with David, but just even uh, kind of cracking packs open, seeing what's in there. I feel like I was just like rushed through the commons real quick. So just the love of sealed to like actually have to care again about every single one of those and coming up with like, how do I defeat my friend? Uh, has just been really enjoyable and fun. So um, yeah, that's just kind of the, the launch point there. I know there was, a big tournament where our girl Azalea took down first and second. So the meme the is Rangers. <laughs> David only plays Rangers, by the way. So he's <laughs> the triumphant return there. So legless over here. <laughs> it is Legolas's fault, man. When I was a, a young, impressionable middle schooler, seeing Legolas on the big screen in Lord of the Rings, it's just how could you not? Yeah. 100%. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, from, from a fairly new flesh and blood players point of view uh uh azalea meta does not sound very fun (laughs) (laughs) well she wasn't ever playable before so it's hard for me to tell i mean she'll have a lot of unhit effects but i don't think she's number one you played dromai dromai destroys azalea (laughs) at least in my opinion she does um But I would rather be playing against Azalea because it'll be a faster game than playing against old him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, I, I, or I, nightmares. Nightmares are the one game that I played against uh, and Azalea, and they they played uh, like knocked the death the death whistle into the one that like 
makes all your stuff lose go again like four times in a row. Oh yeah, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> uh, and remorseless is even worse if it hits where you uh, take a damage every time you take an action. If you have like six mm-hmm. dragons out, it's like six damage just to hit with them. But yeah, uh, she's pretty good. I, I will see if she stays viable. I think that as the meta shapes with the new set, we'll find counters against her specifically like just throw some d reacts in your deck and you won't have to worry about the dominate um and then like uh channel the bleak expanse absolutely wrecks rangers not being able to reveal cards on the top of it neither player can reveal cards draw cards um and there's one more thing it can't you can't do i can't remember what it is but it basically she can't opt with her crossbone skull wrap she can't draw cards off three of a kind or Art of War if you're playing that. Stuff like that. Uh, and it really hurts Lexi because she can't... Oh, it's Fuse. You can't... Or no, I think Reveal is the Fuse one. It wrecks Lexi because she can't Fuse because you can't reveal cards. You know, share on the screen like a professional would. <laughs> I don't even... I haven't even done that yet. Oh, share? Okay, let me find it. Yeah, Jim, Jim, you can you can keep talking while I find. I think I think the other piece that I like about Rangers playing against it is it is just kind of like a skill check going into it. Like if you play against an Oldham or one of those, just like very kind of grind it out. You almost feel like there's nothing you can really do. Where Azalea, if you can have a few things teched in there, uh, I think it is a lot more understanding like when to overblock, when to hold back, and it's just that cat and mouse game the whole time. Or some of the other ones just feel so just like awful to lose to. You're just like, I didn't have a chance no matter what I teched in here or brought. Azalea feels a little bit more like you can play into it, but it's still great. It's still a fun deck. Um, but yeah, I think the classic Ice still wrecks it uh, could be totally valid <laughs> as far as like Oldham and Icelander still staying super strong in the meta. So. Okay, here's Channel of the Bleak Expanse if you can see it now. Heroes can't draw cards, reveal cards, or search decks from your search your deck. So you mm-hmm. can't do knock the death whistle to search for an arrow. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be a, a ice character to play this. So Icelander, Old Him, or Lexi. Mm-hmm. But but uh, like specifically, was thinking about this because Michael Hamilton has won a lot of championships with Icelander, and he lost to uh, who was playing Azalea twice at this big tournament. And I think he will probably include this in his deck going forward just for Azalea because she seems like she's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, Azuri was also in uh, the top eight at this tournament, and she's new in this in this uh, set. And their she- ability is... Uh, here, let me pull it out for you. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me look it up. Azuri. Professional styles. I love this. I can spell it right. Okay, so once per turn attack reaction. So this is after you've played a car- an attack onto the combat chain. You can do this as a reaction. You banish a card from your hand face down. Turn the card, uh, banish card face up. If it's an attack card that costs two or less, you put uh, that attack card. I should probably just read it. Put target attacking card with stealth from the active chain on the bottom of your deck. And then put the banish card onto the active chain as the attacking card, which is... Kind of very mind gamey, which makes it really hard to defend against this character. Um, I don't know, like Dory. I've compared her to playing against Dory, where once you figure out how to block against her, then it's a little bit easier to play. 
But I think this is even harder to kind of decide how to block against because there are effects that are that punish you for blocking and there's effects for punishing for not blocking. <laughs> Whereas um, Dory's, all of her abilities just punish you for blocking. Mm-hmm. But if you don't block, you know what's going to happen. Uh, she's just going to get a counter on her sword. Isn't Isn't this also like very uh good for like resource advantage like like you're you're banishing or i guess zero cost yeah you're putting you're you're putting a zero cost card down on the bottom of your deck that you played into the combat chain so you didn't pay any resources to play that card and then you're not paying the resources for a card that costs potentially two to replace it so it's is that like am I reading this this correctly the card advantage is about the same because you're you're taking a card from the combat chain and not using it. So mm-hmm. essentially you're paying a card That's to the play card that, that card from your hand, essentially. Right. We're um, figure, was there any good. reason to have it banished face down first and then flip it face up? Or did they yeah. So <laughs> the instant window is after you've banished it face down, but before you reveal it. Hmm. Okay. So they can respond before you show what it is. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I was like, that just seems like the most unnecessary wording I've ever seen on a card. <laughs> it's really then flip it face up. <laughs> it, okay. I, I feel like that's one of the one of the upsides and one of the downsides of Flesh and Blood is that it's like very sort of like rules technical where mm-hmm. like you have to really know the ins and outs of of the timing windows and stuff like that to to understand how you can maximize your your play. Um, yeah. And I'm really bad with that, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I, I think when I was learning to play, like, playing on Felt Table at the time, because Talishar wasn't really a thing when I started playing, was so helpful to figure out those windows, because I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, there's a thing I could do right here. Like, mm-hmm. and just, like, because uh, I should I should explain what I'm, if you don't know what Felt Table is, it's basically playing against, like, a kind of a bad AI, but it's good enough to, like, help you learn the game. So if you ever wanted to try Flesh and Blood, if you're listening to us and you haven't tried it, um that's i to me it's like one of the greatest places to start because you can sit there and learn how things work without like the pressure of like keeping up with someone or meeting up with someone or whatever it was a great teacher yeah 100 agree because that's how i started playing it and learning how to play too because this is a complex game especially up front so like it's it's useful to even just get in there and try all the different heroes so you can see what you like and experience it that's that's exactly what I did. Is after I played a couple of games with you, uh, I hit felt table and, and played every single blitz deck against the AI and figured out which which decks kind of fit the best for me. Yep. It was yep. definitely very useful. Yeah, way to go. <laughs> yeah, so uh, there's a lot of so talking about. I guess we can go into the draft or limited aspect of the set because I think that. They designed this set specifically to be a good limited set. A lot, of, some people didn't like the limited and uprising because it felt uh, like, uh, I guess, whoever got to go second would win half the time. I don't know. People just didn't like it. I thought it was fine, but some people didn't like it. This set was designed specifically to be good for draft, and I think they definitely succeeded in what they were trying to do. From what I've played so far, I've done a sealed event at the pre-release i did a draft this week and so far both were really fun to me um so they have six heroes that you can do seal limited with two of the three different classes ranger assassin and ninja um my first i guess i can talk a little bit about my sealed event my sealed event was playing 
uh, Azuri is basically what I went with, and I went two and one. Um, I had a lot of fun. Azuri was really cool to play. Like, it was interesting. Like, I didn't look into the set at all before I went. And I read her ability. I looked at my steel pool. I had, like, no arrows. I had no, like, one or two attacks for Benji, which is the ninja. So I was like, I guess I'm going assassin. And I ended up playing her. And it was really fun to just kind of, like, figure out different combos. So a couple of the combos that... uh, I experienced as I played each game is um, so like isolation is a assassin card. I could pull it up. Isolation. How do you spell isolate? There we go. Oh, it's just isolate. Um, It's a stealth card with dominate. And when I first looked at this card, I was like, what is the point of having this? Like it's a three block. So they're never going to block with more than one card, but what I learned is when you play this, they have to de- declare their blocks, and then with Azura, you slide in a card, so they can't overblock. So you can guarantee a hit effect will happen uh, when you slide in a new card. So, like, uh, Death Touch is a really good card uh, that's uh, on hit effect. I'm going to mm. pull these up as I talk about them so people can see. Death Touch is... Uh, it can't be played from Arsenal, but you can play it with her ability since it's being played from the Banish Zone. Or technically, it's not even being played. It's being uh, replaced in. Uh, and when it hits, you create a frailty, inertia, or blood rot. You get to pick. And it's a six attack if it's red. Uh, five attack if it's yellow. Four attack if it's blue. I think all three versions are really good in her deck because if you play the dominate card, they can't overblock, and then you can slide any three of them in, and it's going to be a guaranteed hit. Um, that's one of the cool little combos that I learned. And then another combo is, like, you don't know how to block, at least early on, you're not going to know how to block against her. So if you don't block, you can slide and cut down the size and punish them for not blocking. They lose a card because cut down the size reads. Uh, if they have, if this hits... Uh, when this hits a hero, if they have four or more cards in hand, they discard a card. Uh, and it's a six attack, which is huge. And then... There are other cards in the set that punish you for blocking. So if you have one of each in your hand, you can wait to see what they block or don't block and decide whichever one in you want. Um, so that's kind of my experience with my first pre-release. You guys did uh, some sealed games. What heroes did you guys play? So I started out trying to go ninja, which uh, for sealed is tough to do. So you have to have enough... Uh, of a very specific type of card that is like a blue pitch, so just three resources and also cause zero to kind of like make the ninjas turn. Um, and that's hard to pull in a sealed area, but I'm sure in draft, it's like, if you're gonna go ninja, you just know, grab those cards kind of thing. Like you don't care what any of the card actually says, it's just pitch is blue, zero, good to go. Uh, but I attempted that in sealed, against uh david played arachne both times and i'll let him kind of share a little bit about like what that kind of play style felt like uh but yeah trying to like combo things and uh find that like zero pitch to swing the weapons was tricky uh it felt very just like not uh optimal as far as like the plays that i have to make or the things that i have to block with i could have to block my red attacks just to keep those going um to try to do the like death by paper cuts idea um, so yeah, I played Katsu, tried to do, uh, had a few like surging strikes in there, 
um, which is kind of like the combo starters and then a few gust waves as well. But even still, it was tough to kind of like string them together in that first game, which probably just uh, how masterfully David played Flesh and Blood. <laughs> so. And interesting yeah. that I thing that I discovered so far is that none of the armor pieces, like in the previous sealed and draft of Uprising, you kind of wanted to get those quells early because they felt really good. None mm-hmm. of the armor pieces in this feel like you... If, I feel like you can play naked and still do well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the... Secret- I just want to clip that that statement real quick and, like, preview <laughs> that. For no armor. You can play naked and be totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> you might distract your opponent and then just throw them off. You never know. Dude. Clip, don't worry. <laughs> See, I think even in that game, I had three pieces of, the, like, the Seeker's equipment, and so I think I combined all three of them together to block three damage and op three. But that was, like the best thing I could figure out to do for pitching a card to block three, like a little bit later. So they didn't feel great. So yeah, I, I totally agree that the, the equipment is good if you have it, but definitely like don't pick the hero just because of it. Like in previous sets. Yeah. What about you, David? You played uh good old big, ugly, big, big, ugly, stinky face. Here you uh, go. I think is his technical name. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Arachne, there it is. Uh, big, ugly, stanky face. Am I right? Uh, you're not wrong. All right. Um, looks like Sir Christopher on a Friday night. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, all right. So, c- context here, people. I have not played Flesh and Blood. I did not know any of the heroes. Obvi- well, I didn't know the heroes because they brought back Azalea and uh, Katsu and Benji, uh, for which I thought was a really cool idea because I was thinking one of my things about playing tales limited when i played i was like it just felt like man you have three choices like mm-hmm. it just felt so much different than when we were drafting destiny where it was like oh there's like so many different ways it might go um and i like the variety so i like that the, i like that there were six options i went with this dude because one um i did i've obviously never played assassin like and i've always played ranger and then two his abilities seemed really straightforward for coming back and playing that Oh, first card of stealth gets go again. It's like great. Um just super easy. so it was super simple. I had less brain tax uh for a new player, so or or coming back. And uh so yeah, so just got a bunch of stealth attacks and tried to look for a good kind of like um balance of blues and yellows and reds and kind of threw it together without much thought. Um what's the post Malone card called, Jim? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Hold on. Do you I know what I'm talking about, Jay? Yeah. Uh... The it it this this card. I don't know. It 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 was uh it was uh it's yeah it's not uh it's not specific to assassin. I just don't remember what it's called. But anyways, assassin ranger card. That um, yeah that 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 card uh was awesome. Ended up in my uh arsenal a few times to like just pop out of like I think that's how I won at the end was being able to slide that in there and save it for a couple turns. There it is. Um yeah. So it was just like one of those uh one of those ways. Because the ironic thing, the thing that I liked is that both of our sealed games ended up down to like one health versus one health. Mm-hmm. And I won the first one and Jim won the second one, which was like, man, that's really cool. I love that we can get into that kind of that those mind games um, had a couple of analysis paralysis moments where I was like, 
doing the math in my head, and I hate doing math. I, <laughs> Jim knows Most this. James hates math. It's it's yeah. I'm like I just don't want to do math, and but I play games like this, and it's like, ugh. Um, and eventually I get so tired, my brain hurts, and I make bad plays. But um, uh, yeah. So it it, it was fun. Uh, I think which. We, we can keep talking specifically about flesh and blood, but that's what kind of made me, it, it got my brain moving toward like this kind of general concept about games that might appeal to our wider audience of like constructed versus limited <laughs> in the games that we play. Um, and I, I think I kind of realized in this process of like you guys playing flesh and blood, want to do some flesh and blood content that if I'm, if I'm drafting or playing sealed, like I'm, I'm, I'm at least three times more likely to want to play than if I have to build a constructed deck that I'm taking into account the meta and I'm taking into account uh, a sideboard. I, I, I love sideboard for high competitive events, but I hate it personally for again, the, the brain tax of just like, I have to think through every scenario and every matchup and then not only do then I have to remember like, okay, what do I slide in? What do I take out? And like, that that just does not that that is not fun for me in a game like um but so when it came to like oh hey here's your six packs build a deck that yeah you might have some janky stuff in there or some st- less than optimal stuff and then you know between rounds you could slide some stuff out or whatever but nothing is like perfectly optimized it screamed a little bit more like keyforge <laughs> to me like where i'm like oh sometimes the best keyforge decks have bad cards in them because you can't do some of that. And I actually like that part of the game. So I guess I just had this epiphany where I was like, I might be more likely to play more flesh and blood if I only play limited and never even like think about constructed, mm-hmm. um, which got me thinking about games in general. Like, is that true for anybody else out there that like, man, limited is like the, the idea of like draft or sealed. You can take the thing off the screen, by the way, Jay. But, like. Oh, yeah. But just like this idea of like, is it, am I, am I alone in that? Hey, this idea of just drafting and making less than optimal stuff, like a kind of a contained game experience, like appeals to me so much more than the, than else. But I, I know Jim is different. I'm curious, Jay and Mike, what, what uh, you would say to that. I think it's really interesting that thinking about it now that uh, sealed uh, flesh and blood is basically just buying a Keyforge deck. It's like the same thing. It's like you're just buying six packs and making a deck. It's Keyforge is buying a deck and it's just already put together for you and you just play. Uh, so I can understand why you like Sealed because it's very similar to the feeling of Keyforge. I think that's cool. Uh, I actually like, I'm in a space where I actually enjoy really both of the formats. And I think it's really cool that Flesh and Blood has taken the approach of competitive events like Nationals you have to play a certain amount of draft rounds and then you play competitive rounds. So you have to be good at both. You can't be good at, uh, you can't just net deck and autopilot a deck. You have to be able to on the fly draft a deck and play well in that environment with what you've drafted before you even get to the competitive CC standard uh, format to play, which is interesting. I think it takes a lot of skill to play uh, draft and sealed. Um, especially draft. So that's kind of my thoughts on it, Mike. Yeah, um, I, I like both. I have to be in the right mood to play 
constructed and like get really into deck building and stuff like that because it is it is definitely more taxing um when i when i was playing flesh and blood more frequently which i mean it was pretty recently ago i just started playing the game like you know six months ago um but i i i haven't yet sort of gotten to the point where i feel like i can build my own deck from scratch and have it be successful so usually i'll sort of like look and see what's popular and, and maybe tweak like the decks that I find there rather than start from scratch. Cause it's just seems super daunting for specifically this game. Other games I have a much easier time, like, you know, uh, creating a deck. Cause I feel like those games, uh, are a bit more similar to each other when we're talking about like, I don't know, Hearthstone or like even destiny, like magic, like there, there's almost a shorthand of like, okay, you want generally this amount of this kind of card or this costed card. Um, flesh and blood is so different from those games that it's like a little hard for me to wrap my head around. Um, and then the when the red, comes yellow, to, blue resource stuff is like, yeah, yeah, like, it's like, like yeah, you're, that you're alone is, is like totally. a new thing <laughs> that that box in my brain doesn't exist. Yeah, hundred percent. Like coming up with a ratio of okay, I need like twelve blues and not thirteen because this is why. Like <laughs> I, that is not something that I really want to be thinking about. Um, but uh, I, I still enjoy the sort of creative element to it so if i can sort of start from from somebody else's sort of seed idea and then kind of tweak things around it i definitely have more fun that way at least when it comes to flesh and blood um and then on the limited side um that's always my favorite format um and i feel like it's almost the same in like video games as well like my favorite kind of video games are like roguelikes where uh you're sort of presented with a new set of options every time and it's like kind of up to you to make the best out of those options and come up with some kind of strategy that that is successful um so maybe it's the de the degenerate gambler in me but i love the sort of feeling of opening a new set of stuff not knowing what i'm going to be able to find in there and then having to sort of like work through the problem solving of okay how do i fit these puzzle pieces together in a way that actually like makes sense or that i can potentially succeed with or at least you know do some something cool with so um mm. Yeah, I'm I'm more of a limited player, I would say, just in terms of what I have fun with. But I think in the right mood and with the right game, um, I also really enjoy constructed. What's the implication of needing to have a draft format? So, like, I tweeted this morning talking about because Flesh and Blood previously, or currently still, only has one draftable set a year, and they're starting in 2024. They're going to have two instead. And I don't think that one draftable set is enough to last for a whole year for a lot of players. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, even Magic the Gathering, the huge fan base, they have a lot of them only play draft and mm -hmm. don't play CC or play commander. Or if they do, they play commander and not CC. So uh, how important do you think it is for a game to offer some form of limited play? I mean, even Keyforge, it's got a standard version where you bring your own deck, but it even has a version of limited where you just buy a deck and you play it. Uh, I think, I think it's absolutely necessary. And I, I think yeah. it's absolutely necessary for reasons that people may not immediately think of, which is that it lets the publisher sell more packs and yeah. that creates the, the, you know, like it, it gives the publisher the resources necessary to actually keep a game going like that and to, to allow it to be successful. Um, yep. so like pe people, you know, kind of don't love, uh, or tend, tend to not love the hyper collect collectability of some of these games and like, you know, whales coming in and buying a bunch of boxes and sitting on them forever. But 
I mean, it really kind of does sort of help subsidize everybody else's experience. And draft is a, is like, in my opinion, the best way to do that because, um, you know, it gives people a reason to go and buy the, you know, the, another booster pack, even though they have the entire set. Um, and all of those resources then, well, a lot of those resources then go into improving the experience for that game or making sure that it can keep going or providing better, uh, support materials, um, cool game formats they can you know publishers can experiment a little bit more so yeah i i have yet to see a game succeed that does not have a a solid limited format yeah it's interesting this week um they didn't make a formal announcement but the keyforge world championship there's like an basically an announcement of a date in november and someone had emailed because they kind of they kind of referenced like what the formats were going to be and then they clarified over an email saying yeah, there's going to be like an Archon Standard and Archon Alliance, which is basically bring your own deck or like throw three houses from three different decks together. But there was no no mention of Sealed. And a lot of the community reacted and said, no Sealed, like no limited play at like the World Championship. That just didn't feel correct. Um, and it is different with Keyforge because it's like, well, you could get stuck with like a bad deck and you're just kind of stuck, but you could... But there's like lots of ways around that. You could do th- you know three decks sealed, where you get three decks and you can play one, or you could do alliance sealed, where you combine among your pool. And and like a lot of the community is like, this just feels like we're missing something here. Uh, so even in a game like Keyforge, it was like, man, you you sealed, you you just can't do it without sealed. Um, did they did they react to that at all? Uh, Ghost Galaxy? Not yet, not yet. But they, I mean, this is in November, and this was a quick email, so. I am curious because they, they still have to announce all the vault tours and like national championships. And I have to imagine those, those will be, um, have some sealed. It's so, it's so surprising to me that, that that would be omitted. I, it seems yeah. like such an essential format for Keyforge, especially. Yeah. Especially Keyforge, right? Like Keyforge is the ultimate. That's like, like... the whole premise of, of the product. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Jim, I do want to give you a chance to respond because you never responded to the initial question. Of, oh, yeah, definitely. What, um, what I was talking about, yeah. I think even just kind of reflecting what y'all were saying, I think like the roguelike games like Slay the Spire, things like that, I think when it's low stakes, I love that kind of idea of figuring it out on the fly. <clears throat> but I think the reason I like deck building and like constructed kind of play is it feels like I'm uh, figuring out like what this hero is supposed to be doing. Like if it's at its best, like what is it supposed to be doing? Where sometimes with sealed, it just feels like you kind of show up, like you're like makeshift weapons kind of hitting each other. Um, It just, it's still very competitive and there's a ton of like strategy that goes into that. Even just what y'all were saying about like uh, each card having like a pitch, like uh, color to it um, for resources, trying to figure out all of that. Like there's still a ton of strategy. But just to try to figure out how to optimize or, um, yeah, just kind of answer all the questions that could be coming at you. To me, that's fun. I love the preparation. Um, So I'd be coming in with, like, my sheet that has, like, every matchup. Here's what I'm sideboarding in. Um, If you can do that, you don't have to, like, try to remember. You just literally have them all written down. So I love doing the prep, knowing kind of what my game plan is. And then it just feels like when I lose an event because of that, it's like, well, it was because I – could have done something different. Like it felt like it was my own um, like prep work or thoughts or ideas more so than just like, ah, bad draw, tough. Um, I think Flesh and Blood is one of those cool games that <sighs> is very rare that you feel like you get like just drawn off the table. 
Um, there's a couple like high roll kind of decks, but even still, you typically have something you can do against it or can tech against like that thing they're trying to do. For some other games, like Keyforge, so many games are just like, okay, you did the thing, I guess I lose. Uh, like that's just happened to me so many times. And there are a lot of games where I'm able to kind of uh, barely get enough advantages to pull it off. But I don't know. For me, that's why I think I tend to like that a little bit more. But uh, definitely see the value in both. I think I, I think say- I agree with you when it comes to Flesh and Blood. Actually, I've I've had I, I've only played one uh, Flesh and Blood draft, but um, playing CC in Flesh and Blood felt infinitely better than playing drafts in Flesh and Blood. I wonder if it's just like how flesh and blood, the game is sort of designed and, and set up because it is so much about like your hero and um, you know, sort of wanting to feel like they're able to do the thing that, that they're meant to do in a way and uh, being able to prep like, like flesh and blood, flesh and blood feels much more uh, chess like to me. And mm-hmm. um, so I, I feel like, as a game, it probably does lend itself a little bit better to a constructed format. That's probably, think, that's probably oh. right. Because, I mean, every card in Flesh and Blood does, doesn't just do what it says, mm-hmm. like, in the text box. Like, you can also use it as resources. You can also use it as defensive card. And the, so, but the, but the decision trees, like, branch out so far, you know, like, as you start following these paths. Which Brain tax is real for sure. Yeah, which can be a little overwhelming at times versus like a more straightforward game. Mm-hmm. But Jay, what were you gonna say? Uh, I think too is de- dependent on how they design the set. So like this set feels like they designed everything around having a good draft experience, mm-hmm. like the way everything works with the dual classes, and then they have cards that are like you can't play this from hand, which can be played in both. Uh, Ranger because they're arsenaling cards with arrows and that's the whole game plan anyway. Um, and then Assassin also has a mechanic that uh, with the Zuri being able to play it, swap it in and not have to play it and to get around that. Uh, just like simple stuff like that and then like the different tokens how they affect the different heroes in different ways. Like you can just totally tell that their draft experience or their design was for draft in this set whereas like uh, Uprising it felt like it was more, they were more worried about getting cool, like, constructed cards out than they were about making a good draft experience. And the draft was kind of like an afterthought. Um, so I guess you should, I, what I'm saying is, Mike, you should try the draft for this. Or the sealed or whatever. I, I think we're going to try and do a, a little four-person sealed uh, fun thing, right? So. Oh no! Now you committed to it publicly. It's, now we have to do it. <laughs> now we have to. Do we it. might try. We'll see it. it. I figured I could just sit this out, but gosh. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, thinking about, like, I, I guess maybe more towards Mike because you, you're following Orcana stuff. But like, what what would you hope to see in a game like Orcana when you're thinking about like limited? Oh, they have to have a limited format. If they if they don't, they're just like absolutely mm-hmm. shooting themselves in the foot. Uh, does Pokemon they, have a limited format? Oh yeah, yeah, it does? yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah Pokemon does. Um, no, they. they yeah, have, I've done more Pokemon have... drafts in my lifetime than I can even count at this point. <laughs> yeah, I, I I really do like hundred percent believe that every like expandable game that exists like this needs to have a limited format, and I would be 
more than shocked if Lorcana doesn't, and I, I'm sure I will be playing lots of Lorcana Limited. Okay, uh, let me ask you this. <laughs> How much do you think... So, like, you can tell when a game is designed to have a limited format and then it's not right yeah yeah like, so like how right how much do you think is required to have uh zero need to bring anything to the table when you play a limited format so like, like destiny in order to play draft you had to bring a draft pack with you which had cards and and uh, dice in it no i, I think it, ha- it has to be either you don't have to bring anything new or the shop that you go play at has everything that you need. So for magic, for instance, like you typically don't bring your own lands, even though like almost half of your deck is lands. Every local game store has a million lands for free to just use. Um, Destiny, like you, you had to pay $20 for this draft pack and then bring it to every single draft that you ever do. Uh, it, It maybe if that draft pack is like, a couple bucks and it's like if you forgot yours at home you could just you know pay a couple bucks and buy one from the shop like maybe that's not the worst thing in the world i think for tokens as well it's like if you can just use dice for tokens or if you could use i don't know if the shop has extra tokens that you can borrow or something like that that that's also can be fine but i think the more things that a game asks you to bring from outside the game from home before you start playing at the table the the worse it is in general like the the higher the barrier to entry the less people will actually do it so i, I think games should definitely keep that in mind how many so like keyforge keyforge you just buy a deck and you play it there yeah. are some tokens that you need though so like stun tokens mm-hmm. and i've, I've run into that like issue that. before too where i've i've bought uh or just like you know grabbed a couple keyforge decks like bring it over to my brother's house and like forget all the tokens and then it's hmm. like, well, how do we keep track of all this stuff now? Yeah. Uh, Which like like even just stuff like persistent damage staying on creatures like that like that magic kind of got around that because it goes away at the end. But I remember some people were like, Is there persistent damage in Lorcana? What kind of and it's like, okay, we've learned that there is. Mm-hmm. So the damage tokens are important to you know have. So having tokens it's, it is something. It's a little less having tokens is a little less of an ask than like the draft set with Destiny. Although I did love drafting Destiny. Like I always loved. Like I never got bored of drafting Destiny. I, I there was a point where I, I we were drafting every single week, and that was my favorite format. But um, but it is like a, oh gosh, I have to have this thing in addition to the thing. A counterpoint for that uh, is when designing a game, you can design it intentionally to have tokens. So there is this secondary third-party market of creating new tokens and cool alt-art tokens and stuff like that. Like, Team Covenant does a lot of their tokens for all of FFG games, right? So how much, like, what's the line? Where, Where do we draw the line with how many tokens are required? So, like, Keyforge, I mean, there's stun... There's amber, there's damage, there's shield tokens. If you want them, you don't have to use them. You can just they go. You don't shield tokens, Jay. That was a that was an ignorant comment. Okay, here we go. But there's a lot of tokens in Keyforge that you have to. There's ward, enrage. Uh, so what's the what's the line here? <laughs> no, I, I I I like that point though because yeah, it's sort of a balance between okay, if you have all these tokens and your goal is to. I guess like like what 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 is the external benefit of having those things? It's like maybe you get some 
better community engagement from people who are sort of making custom made stuff for your game, which I think is important and like helps build sure. a sense of, of community in a weird way. But um, yeah. if ultimately it, there's too high of a barrier to entry to playing that format at all, then, then I think that's when the line has to be drawn. That's what I was worried about with Lorcana being $6 per pack. Um, like, yeah, is that going to be too point. much draft for people like trying to get kids in there of like, checking it out because it's going to just appeal to a younger audience for sure. It's like, how do yeah. you tell them like, oh, give us 25 bucks and you can play a draft here. Um, like with Destiny, it was like, what, $3 a pack typically? Yeah, you I think so. After the yep. initial purchase of the draft set, it was like 10 bucks every time you wanted to do it. So it was a lot easier to kind of think through like, yeah, I can spend $10 for several hours of fun. Where now it's $6 a pack. What's that going to look like? I'm very curious. You, yeah, you, I mean, you, even you, mentioning you, that you this argue- week, Go ahead. No, I, I was just going to make a joke. You could argue that ten dollars in twenty sixteen is worth uh, twenty five dollars. Same amount. <laughs> um, I was going to say I went to the uh, event the other night for Flesh and Blood, and it was like uh, there was a vote between Sealed and Draft. And Sealed, I mean, even Flesh and Blood has increased their pack prices. Mm-hmm. It was like twenty five bucks to do Sealed because it's six mm-hmm. packs. And then draft is only three packs and it's like twelve dollars. So I'm like, dude, let's do draft. <laughs> it's like it's half the price. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I'm very curious to see how they're gonna deal with that. I, I wonder I wonder if it's almost worth them like subsidizing the price if players are gonna play draft where it's like, okay, the the pack separately are six bucks. But if you're gonna draft, like maybe it's fifteen dollar draft for three packs. Um, it's just in it some some something that I mean, I, I guess it doesn't leave a lot of margin in there for the game stores, but um, uh, yeah, I don't know. That, Having people in there playing is probably more important than the few extra dollars that they would make off of a draft. Yeah. Mm. I would say. Or maybe there's no draft mode. <laughs> there might not be. That would be, that would be a huge letdown. A huge mistake, but it's possible. The community will figure out how to do cube draft or something, you know? Mm-hmm. They always do. Or they'll do it post two years later, like Destiny did, and have to. Oh yeah, have a draft. <laughs> at some point, we're going to have to talk about collectability and games and. Oh yeah, we that like. Yeah, that'd be a good podcast. Yeah. All, All right. right. Well, Jim has to go All get right. a haircut, so let's wrap it up. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's two o'clock. This is this is the hat podcast, so you don't need to get haircuts. <laughs> Not for you the podcast, hair at all. the rest of life outside of this, which you know. Yeah. Unplayable is 90% of my life right now. It's funny. I did hear Jay say we can, you can you can play naked and be fine. So yeah. Just it. But but you do have to wear the hat. I can't wait to like just that have that clip at the ready for whatever. There we go. It's gonna be great. So thank you for that, Jay. Um all right. I guess we're done. Yeah. <laughs> what what um that, what are we talking about next time? Are we going to talk about Destiny next time? Do we need, do we need to let's tease not, it? Maybe, let's not maybe. lock in. Let's not, let's not, not, not we'll put see. ourselves <laughs> in a box. <laughs> if enough Stay people want us to talk about Destiny next time, we'll talk about Destiny. Yeah. Be sure if to... You let us know what you want us to talk about in the comments. Oh, no, that's good. There you go. We got some good comments. Tell us tell us what you want to hear and what you We're going to completely ignore you, but we I'm, need I'm some algorithm boost. Anybody wants to, wants to hear us <laughs> talk about anything, so... <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we're on Spotify and uh, 
uh, Apple Podcasts now. Yeah, so. rate, rate us at least four stars. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One, one both stars. times, that's fine, but at least do it twice. <laughs> we need to, I was thinking for our close, we need to every every time we need to close with like a card from a game we've played that's completely unplayable. <laughs> Like it's like uh, like I like what was it what was it uh what was it destiny was it was it take cover was it like uh, that was good, I think that basic one it was like give your guy a shield or yeah, something. yeah zero, zero cost gray yeah. card give it one shield I think or something you stupid. could definitely play that on Qui Gon deck it's like you can't okay. even, yeah there you go you can't even play that limited you don't even draft that card <laughs> uh, let's see so, did anyways. I have any unplayable cards in my draft the other day I played uh. Um, it, at the draft I played Arachne, and he doesn't have good ways to arsenal cards. And I had a couple cards uh that like buff an attack from Arsenal, and like I never had an arsenal, so that was kind of unplayable for me. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So you heard it here first. Uh, equipment is unplayable. Play naked. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, y'all.